Welcome back to the Beyond the Basket podcast. My name is Brandon Muting. I am your host. And you guys are probably like, whoa, Brandon, why are you so pumped? Because you know what, guys? Even though March Madness just ended, you know, these commitments are starting to come. We just found out today that the number one prospect in the 2021 class, Shet Holmgren, the big man, the center, committed to Gonzaga, along with Hunter Salas. And who knows if Drew Timmy and Andrew Nembard will return as well. I will get to that in a little bit as well. And then I'm going to be taking a look at the coaching carousel. Things have been really strange this year in the carousel. Some unpredicted moves. Some coaches who got a promotion who we didn't even think about. So I'm going to be talking about a few teams that maybe surprised me and who picked the right guy to lead their basketball program. And then I'm going to just make an announcement now. So the week of May 1st through the 7th is my finals week. So I have decided to make a personal decision that I will not be bringing out a podcast or a blog post that week just because I need to focus on school just for that direct week. But hey, after that week, I will be back and I'll be back with even more things. That's two weeks of buildup for one episode for you guys to enjoy and for me to enjoy talking about as well. But As these things move on, this is kind of my plan for this podcast for the rest of the summer until we hit, um, until we hit the season again. So the weirdest thing is, is because of COVID-19, the NBA draft went from being in June all the way to November. And this year it's November 18th. Who knows if Adam Silver will ever move that back or anything, but for now it's in November. We're going to keep it that way. And up until... I'm going to say like around September, I'm going to start talking about each Power Six conference and, you know, like the good things, the bad things, and the rankings throughout um, each conference. And I'm going to be taking out a conference a week. So that's six weeks of me talking about six separate conferences, the Pac-12, the Big East, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and I'm missing a conference, the SEC, excuse me, there we go. And so I'm kind of excited for that. And then, of course, I'm going to be making a mock draft about the NBA draft. I've always said that this will never turn into an NBA podcast. But when it comes to the NBA draft, it's kind of cool to see where these college basketball prospects land in the pro league. And it's really fun to watch. If you see guys like today, Zion Williamson from Duke, he's done amazing things with the New Orleans Pelicans. Doug McDermott. (laughs) I'm only picking on Doug McDermott because I'm a big Creighton fan. He's done well with the Indiana Pacers. And Kevin Durant from Texas, obviously now with the Brooklyn Nets. It's just cool to see these young stars develop. So what's going to be happening for today is I'm going to talk about Shet Holmgren's commitment and how well that fits with the Gonzaga program. And then I'm going to be talking about the coaching carousel. And then I'm probably just going to call that an episode because the coaching carousel is going to take up a lot of time in this episode. So you know what? Let's get to it. Let's talk about Shet Holmgren. Around noon on ESPN, he announced that he is committing to Gonzaga. Now, this ain't a huge surprise. Everybody kind of saw it coming. Um, A few people were like, maybe he throws a curveball and commits to Ohio State or commits to Georgetown, where a program that develops big men for the NBA. No, that choice was obvious for Gonzaga. And here's the thing. 
Let's take a look at Gonzaga. First of all, we know Corey Kispert isn't coming back. Jalen Suggs just announced that he is or he's going to go to the NBA draft. Um, Jay Elijah, I believe he is also saying he's going to the NBA draft. So that leaves Andrew Nembard and Drew Timmy. And who knows if those guys are going to come back. If they are, without a doubt, Gonzaga will be at the top of the AP poll for quite some time. Drew Timmy, though, I honestly think he goes to the NBA. I think he's a second-round draft pick. Andrew Nembard, I think it's a good chance that he stays in Gonzaga. And when you have someone like Hunter Salas already, things are looking good. I'm not sure who would play that forward position, but obviously Shet Holmgren will definitely play the big man. And something that I love about Shet Holmgren, and he's one of those stars that only come in a few generations. There is He reminds me a lot of... Blake Griffin, Blake, let me say this, Blake Griffin as a perimeter shooter, big man, and then defensively an Anthony Davis in the paint. And the reason I say that is Shet Holmgren almost has his entire basketball IQ figured out. He's got his plays figured out. The only thing I think Shet Holmgren could improve on is his post play. In high school, you know, he's, what is he, seven foot? He could easily reach over those other guys, dunk on them. So he didn't get a whole lot of post-practice. And I think college basketball, his post-game is going to struggle at the beginning of the season. But I think he's going to develop into the big man he's supposed to be. He's already shooting three-pointers. He's already dunking the basketball. And he's blocking shots. And so I think he's one of the, probably the greatest high school players we've had in this decade, maybe the last two get decades, we just have to see how his post-game translate into college basketball. And I'm sure Mark Few will be working on that with him and the whole entire Gonzaga program. So, personally, I love that shit Holmgren went to Gonzaga. You know my opinion on Gonzaga. I hate that they're in a weak conference. But you know what? I can't doubt Mark Few's team. They are a good team. They are a talented team. And there's not a whole lot to say from there. Now... Talking about the coaching carousel, like I said, there has been so many changes, and I'm looking at my sheet right now. A lot of them have surprised me. So I'm only going to pick a few teams, probably the bigger teams. If I pick a small team, it's probably because I was like, why didn't you go with this team or whatever? So I'm first off going to bring up Arizona, who fired Sean Miller. And the reasoning, it kind of sounded like the reason why Sean Miller was fired from Arizona is just because... First of all, his last three seasons in Arizona wasn't the best. And it doesn't sound like he had a really good relationship with the front office. So when you're a head coach and you don't have a good relationship with the front office, the front office is looking for a way to get you out of there. Now, personally, I think Sean Miller is a good coach. Obviously didn't fit with the Arizona Wildcats. He's done a lot for that program. He's gotten, what, five regular season championships three conference tournament championships, and it looks like five or six tournament appearances. So the thing is, I think Sean Miller should get rehired. Maybe it's not going to be this year. Maybe it's next year. But I do think there might be a team that could hire him this season. But all the bigger teams kind of have taken their guy. So I do think it's possible that he has to wait till next year. Now, Arizona took Tommy Lloyd. And if you want me to be 100% honest, I do not know a whole lot about Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd, you know, it's 
I think the toughest thing is you can't deny that he... How do I put it? You can't deny that it's tough to see Sean Miller leave. And now that Tommy Lloyd went from an assistant coach to a head coach, that's a pretty big promotion. And this is my personal thought on it. If you are an amazing assistant coach, then I think you should try building your resume with a smaller team. The only exception I have for this is Hubert Davis in North Carolina because he has developed really well in there, but I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. I just don't know if Arizona should have went with their assistant coach. I think, personally, they could have gone maybe... One of the best coaching hires that I see that's very, very overlooked is Coach Odom from UNBC, who I believe went to Utah State. And, you know, you're kind of looking at that. Like, Coach Odom proved a lot in UNBC. He knocked out Virginia. He did all that. It's Coach Ryan Odom. And he could have been the guy maybe to go to Arizona. And maybe that's too big of a move going from... Um, the American East to the Pac-12, but I thought it was possible. So I'm going to say that was a surprising pick for Arizona, but you know what? I might eat my words, and I would love to see Tommy Lloyd do well in the Wildcats program. It just is a matter of time right now. Now, the next person I'm going to talk about is Cincinnati's former head coach was John Brannon. Now, the, the thing with the Cincinnati program is... They were a very good team, and they have fallen off the map. You could make you could make an example of saying this is John Brandon's fault. Um, he he just tore the team apart. But guys, he's only been there for two seasons, you know. And the Cincinnati program, I mean, his first year went twenty and ten. That's not bad. They were regular season champions. Of course, like, it, nothing happened in uh, March Madness because there was no March Madness tournament. Now, they went 12-11 and 11 this year, and yeah, that's a terrible record. But it's only been two seasons. So why did John Brandon get fired so quickly from the Cincinnati program? I have no idea. But I will tell you this. I do like who they hired, and that is Wes Miller out of the University of North Carolina Greensboro. I love Wes Miller. A lot of people thought he was going to go to North Carolina. I thought that was too big of a jump for him. And I think Cincinnati's a good fit for Wes Miller. I just, I was shocked by John Brandon getting fired. So you know what? Wes Miller going there is completely fine. And I think he's going to run into some problems maybe the first couple seasons. But I think after that, we're going to go back to the Cincinnati team we knew. We once knew always winning in the American Athletic Conference and making a good run in postseason basketball. Now, this next one is DePaul, and that is Dave Lateo, who got fired from DePaul. Everybody kind of saw it coming. In fact, I think COVID kind of saved him last season. I think if COVID didn't exist, I think he would have been out last year, but obviously he's out this year. Do I think he could get another coaching job? The answer is yes, just not with a Power 6 conference team. You know, I don't know how far you want to drop him. Maybe the Missouri Valley would need him or something. But Tony Stubblefield, 
I thought was actually a surprising hire, but I like this hire from Oregon, part of Dana Altman's squad. Tony Stubblefield looks like he could lead the Blue Demons into, I'm not going to say into postseason basketball, but I'm going to say a better field of basketball than they have been ever since they joined the Big East Conference. Charlie Moore transferred to Miami. That was just announced today. They're not having Charlie Moore anymore. They don't have Preston Murphy, who was a recruit, but now that Dave Lateo is off, Preston Murphy opened back up his recruitment. Tony Stubblefield has to start from square one with the Blue Demons program, so it's going to take a bit, but I think Tony Stubblefield could be the guy for the Blue Demons program. Now, the next team I'm going to talk about is Fordham, and you're probably like, Brandon, why are you talking about Fordham? Not all, a lot of people care about it. But if you guys actually looked at my blog, and if you haven't checked it out, it is beyond the basket, collegehoops.blogspot.com. I made 10 predictions for off-season moves, and literally when I was writing this blog, I never thought of anything better. Jeff Neubauer got fired from Fordham. A lot of people saw it coming. Why didn't they hire Archie Miller? Archie Miller had an amazing career with the Dayton Flyers, got a bigger position in Indiana, obviously didn't meet expectations in Indiana. Archie Miller is familiar with the Atlantic 10, okay? And he isn't a bad coach. I just don't think he was ready to coach a Power 6 conference. So it surprised me that they didn't even, like, think of them. But, you know, it happens. Now, they hired Kyle Neptune, who actually was a college athlete from 2003 to 2007 for Lehigh. I mean, congratulations to Coach Neptune, but... I really think Archie Miller was the way to go for Fordham. And the reason I bring this up is because I'm going to go down to San Jose State. Tim Miles. Tim Miles went from Colorado State to Nebraska, had a disappointing career in Nebraska, took a year off, and guess what? He's in San Jose State again, the Mountain West Conference. He knows the Mountain West Conference. I thought San Jose State made one of the smartest moves in the coaching carousel. So, without being said... I think Fordham had a perfect opportunity to do the same. I don't know a whole lot about Kyle Neptune. I'm not taking anything away from him. I just think the program could have gotten somebody like Archie Miller. And speaking of Archie Miller, Mike Woodson for Indiana. Mike Woodson, uh, of course, a staff member, a part of the New York Knicks. I'm going to say this one surprised me. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see him as a candidate for Indiana. I was thinking maybe, just maybe, Dana Altman from Oregon got this position. But the Pac-12 is dominant, so I can see why Dana Altman wouldn't take this position. I'm not even sure if the program offered Dana Altman anything. It seems like they offered Brad Stevens, the Boston Celtics head coach, a lot of money. And Brad Stevens turned it down, which, why would you want to leave an NBA team for a college basketball team? Brad Stevens had an amazing coaching career at Butler. Why would you go from Boston Celtics, who is almost at that championship point in the NBA and go down to an Indiana program that needs rebuilt. Mike Woodson, obviously an assistant um, staff member in the New York Knicks team, and the Knicks are developing, but why not go to Indiana and make them the blue blood program they used to be? So I like Mike Woodson as a coach. Dana Altman would have been my first guy to hire just because I think Dana Altman has done a lot, not only for Creighton, but for Oregon as well. And I think he maybe he could have developed Indiana. I would love to see Indiana in a 
pressure defense or press defense from the Hoosiers. I think it would have been a great thing to see. Now, looking at the next one, I got Loyola Chicago. Obviously, Porter Mosier went to Oklahoma after Lon Kruger retired. And I thought Oklahoma got probably the best, one of the best coaching moves of the offseason. Porter Mosier obviously has led to the Ramblers like two great, amazing postseason runs. They have done really well in the Missouri Valley Conference. Their only competitor they had this year was the Drake Bulldogs. Um, Drew Valentine, who was actually the assistant coach, is now the head coach of the Ramblers. It seems like Drew Valentine is a smart coach. He's just a young coach. So we will kind of have to see how the Ramblers they have developed. They did get Jaden Johnson from Millard North. Um, I'm from Omaha, so I know about um, Jaden Johnson, a very, very good guard. And I think the Ramblers will be lucky to have him. Now Marquette firing Steven Wojnowski. I saw that coming, but I didn't see Shaka Smart coming to Marquette. But when you think about it more, it makes the most sense. Obviously, the Longhorns had an amazing season until they lost to Abilene Christian in the first round of March Madness. But if you know you're on the hot seat and you know a program that is you know a program that is in need of your help, move. Don't wait to get fired and don't wait to disappoint yourself if you're having a bad season. Obviously, Texas and Chris Beard, which I will get to in a second, is doing amazing now, but I don't know if Shaka Smart would have been able to make those same moves. So I think Shaka Smart was being smart about going to Marquette instead of waiting to get fired within the next season or maybe in the offseason. Move to a school that you know you could do something with. So I praise Shaka Smart for doing that. That's got to be a hard thing to do. Because who knows, maybe if he did stay at Texas, Texas would have been great and he would have been off the hot seat. But I think Shaka Smart made a very good move on his personal part and for the program's part. Texas is obviously doing a little bit better now with Chris Beard, um, with the transfer portal, and these recruits. So it's kind of a win-win situation, a win for Shaka Smart going to a, a helpless Marquette program and Texas getting all these commitments and transfers because of Chris Beard. So a win-win for Marquette in Texas. I think Shaka Smart could do big things for the Marquette Golden Eagles. Now, North Carolina, the Tar Heels, I talked about Jay Wright, and Jay Wright seemed like he turned down the offer from North Carolina. So it was between Wes Miller or Hubert Davis, and Hubert Davis has stood by Roy Williams' side enough to become the head coach. So I'm not a fan of assistant coaches getting promoted to the head coaching position in bigger schools. But this one I can see because Hubert Davis has done a lot for the Tar Heel program. He stood by Roy Williams' side. He's seen what he needs to do. And guess what? Now he's doing it. It's just a matter of time to see if the Tar Heels can go back to their one-seeded territory in postseason basketball. Now, it looks like going down even further, we got the Texas Longhorns, who I said Shaka Smart left the program. And they hired... Chris Beard, the former Texas Tech head coach. What? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to I'm going to flat out say it. It's disrespectful on Chris Beard's end. I know this business is about money, but you're going to a team that your former team rivaled with. And Chris Beard is a fantastic coach, and that I'll, I'll never take that away from him. 
But I think it was so disrespectful for him to do that. And I'm sure Texas Tech is out for blood with their new head coach, Mark Adams, to come at them in the next season. Chris Beard obviously getting a few transfers. He got Christian Bishop from Creighton. And honestly, I think Creighton Bishop, or Creighton Bishop, Christian Bishop will do really good with the Longhorns. He's got some commitments. So I think the future for Chris Beard and Longhorns look good. I just, the lack of respect on his end looked like it was a little weird and bothered me a little bit. Now, Utah State, obviously, Craig Smith, no longer the head coach. We got Ryan Odom from UMBC. Like I said, probably one of the smartest picks um, in the coaching carousel. But if I had to name the best hire for any of these teams, it would be Loyola Chicago getting Porter Mosier. I thought that was the best pick. Porter Mosier has done a lot. Um, And now he's going to Oklahoma. So... The Sooners went from mediocre to possibly one of the best in the Big 12 Conference. So, obviously, the coaching carousel isn't done spinning around. We're probably going to have some more updates. And there's probably going to be a few coaches who got fired this season that have to wait until the carousel next season to be hired. It's just a matter of time to see what happens. Now, next week, I'm going to be digging in a little more with the whole um coaching carousel a little more and I'm going to be looking at more recruits and the the NBA draft you know what we're getting close we're going to have to talk about it and we're going to go from there and like I said the first week of May I will not be releasing a podcast just because I need to focus on finals for school and that's got to be my priority but otherwise I hope you guys have a good rest of your day and I will see you guys later